we're going to begin 2021 looking at our vision um, of what a church is and what a church is about. And so um, you should have your Bibles turned to Matthew chapter 16. We're going to start there, Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to be reading from verses um, 13 through to 17. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through to, um, let's go 18, actually, rather than 17. I'll read and follow along as well as you can. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Um, I will give you the key. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he straightly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was God. Again, we, we, we are praying and looking to you because we are desperate for you to not only, for us to not just be educated this morning. Um, that is great. We need to understand um, what the church is and what the church is here for. But God, may we also be inspired um, may your spirit enable all of us to not just know what the church is, but actually be the church um, throughout the weeks and throughout our lives. And so, God, as we study, as we take four weeks to look at what the church is and what the church is not, we want you to help us. We need you. We want to fully glorify you here in this city um, and so we're looking to your word for guidance and we're looking to your spirit for power um, to live that out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, one day, Jesus asked his disciples um, the following question. Um, who do people say that I am? Some say you are John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, his disciples said. But what about you? Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? I don't care what people are saying about me out there. I want to know, after spending quite a bit of time with me, who do you say that I am? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter replied. After Peter's response, there was silence. No one else said anything. 
And so Jesus looks at Peter, smiles, and says to him, Blessed are you, Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The key part of all of that is Jesus promising to build his church. Since Jesus spoke these words, he's kept his promise. He's been actually actively building his church. Today, there are around 2 billion people who claim to be Christians, making Christianity the largest religion in all of the world. The Bible has been and is currently the best-selling book of all time with an estimated 5 billion copies sold and distributed. The church is still growing and taking new ground even in areas where you know the church has never ever or the church has no presence. Jesus has, has and continues to fulfill his promise to build his church and guess what? Our very own church, King's Cross Church, is part of the fulfillment of this promise. And so, if you've been attending King's Cross for a while now, you'll be aware of this. You'll be aware of the fact that we are a church family on mission with Jesus. All right? You hear it every Sunday. It's like a broken record. All right? You should all know it by heart now. We are a church family on mission with Jesus. Who are we? We're a church family. What are we doing here? We're on mission with Jesus. This is our goal. This is our purpose. And this is our desire. As a church, we strive to be a church family on mission with Jesus. This vision statement of ours, if you were to boil it down to its core and get to the heart of it, it's essentially about the church, what the church is and what the church does. Our vision statement is also biblical. And what I mean by this is that it's not something one of us came up with. Like one day someone, I or whoever is on the leadership was like, guys, I've got a good idea of what our mission and what we should be all about. We should be all about being a family. No, our vision and mission didn't come from us. It didn't originate from us. It actually comes from God's word. It comes from the Bible, scripture. And so as we step into 2021, what we wanted to do was begin the year by exploring what it means for us to be a church family on mission with Jesus. And we figured it would be beneficial to do this, not because we thought, uh, New Year, let's start with a kind of vision statement that 
grounds us on what our resolution should be. No, specifically, we wanted to do this for two reasons. First of all, our view of the church is often shaped by our past experiences and not scripture. Let me ask you a question. When you think about the church, what do you think of? What do you picture or imagine when you hear the word church? The church is fill in the blank. If you met someone who had no idea of what a church is, and they asked you what the church is, how would you respond? What would you say? Maybe your perspective of the church is an architectural one. When you hear the word church, you think of a building. And this definitely seems to be the dominant view of what the church is. If you go onto Google and you type in the word church, you'll probably see Google define church as a Christian building where worship takes place or something like that, right? The general public often views church as a building. You may not view the church as a building, but you may have a romantic view of the church. Um, you think of the church you grew up in and the sweet experiences you had growing up in Sunday school. And because of these pleasant experiences, you have nothing but good memories related to the church. Or for some of you here this morning, you may not have a romantic view of the church. For some of you, when you think about the church, the memories that flood your mind are all negative. Some of you have been deeply hurt and wounded by the church, and as a result, the thought of church produces nothing but negative feelings within you. When you think about the church, what do you think of? What do you picture or imagine when you hear the word church? Whether you're aware of it or not, your view of the church may have been shaped by past experiences. And so that's why a series like this is of great benefit. There's always a need for every single one of us to fine tune our view of the church with scripture. The second reason we thought this series would be helpful has to do with the kind of year 2020 was. 2020, what a year. Unprecedented. <laughs> That's kind of the word that was used most in 2020. Definitely unprecedented, difficult, turbulent, mainly because, of course, of the pandemic. We had racial issues. We had an election that was 
highly divisive. Um, and because of all of this, 2020 has brought um, about much confusion when it comes to what the church is. And I say that because uh, with everything that has happened in 2020, um, it's, it's definitely triggered questions, very important questions about the church. Like, what is the role of the church in social justice, for example? Um, other questions 2020 has triggered uh, when it comes to the church is, what, how should the church relate to government, <laughs> right? Should we listen and obey everything the government says, all right? Or should we be defiant and rebellious um, and not listen to the government? What's the relationship between um, the church and the government and everything else going on? And I think that is what 2020, there's so many questions 2020 has triggered, but these are some of the questions 2020 has triggered. And that is why it's so important for us to regroup and rediscover from scripture as to what the church is. What we're going to be doing is taking four weeks, as we've said, and we're going to be looking at four, our vision statement. We're going to take this week and the next week to look at church as family. And then the last two weeks, we're going to be looking at church on mission. What it means for us, not only to be inward, but outward as well. And so our prayer is that as we seek to rediscover church, Every view we have of the church will bow the knee to Scripture's view of the church. And in the end, my goal is not just to educate you, but to actually inspire you to love and appreciate the church. That was my intro. You guys ready to get into it? <laughs> All right. And so what does it mean when we say we're a church family. To understand this, we have to begin with an understanding of what a church is. So then, what is the church? It's only until in the New Testament that the word church begins to appear. It appears for the first time in the Gospel of Matthew. We just read it, right? Matthew 16, when Jesus assures his disciples that he will build his church. It makes other, experience, other appearances in the other Gospels, um, the book of Acts, the letters Paul wrote to the churches, and it also appears in the apocalyptic book of, the, of Revelation. And so the books of the New Testament, most of you know this, but if you don't know, this is good to know, were written in the Greek language. And because of this, the word church in our English Bibles comes from the translation of a Greek word, ekklesia. Ekklesia comes from two Greek words that have been joined together. The first is kaleo, which means to call, and the second is simply ek, which means called out. In other words, the church is everyone everywhere who is called by God to join together as, as his people. 
This is the basic meaning of the word church. Another important fact about the church, the word church in the Bible, is that it's sometimes used for it's sometimes used for every follower of Jesus from his very first disciples to the most recent convert. For example, okay, in Matthew 16, 18, when Jesus says, I will build my church, he wasn't talking about a specific local church that meets in a building. No, what he meant was that he would build together or bring together people who would be his followers in all the years to come. Sometimes the saying universal church or invisible church is used to describe the church. But other times, church can also mean congregations, groups of people and communities of Christians who are committed to meeting together in a particular location. Um, and, then, and, and with this, you'll hear um, most people refer to the church as a local church or visible church. And so, when we refer to our church, King's Cross, as a church, what we don't mean is that a universal church, but what we do mean is that it's a church made up of people who are called by God, all right, to, to, to live and love, love Jesus, live for him in the city of San Diego. And so, in light of everything we've just learned, the thing that stands out most about the church is that the church is not a place, but it's actually a people. It's not a building, it's a people. This means this, that this Sunday, you didn't come to church. You are the church every day, but you gather locally as the church on Sunday in a building. So a Sunday morning isn't church, but it's actually the gathering of the church. And when we leave these, this facility on Sunday, we're not leaving the church, we're actually leaving as the church. This is what the church is, everyone, everywhere, who's saved by God to love and live for his son, Jesus Christ. This definition is the bedrock of the Bible's view and definition of the church. All right, for some of you, this is a refresher. You're like, eh, I knew this. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me that the church is not a place, but it's a people. And for some of you, this is new and it's important for you to recognize, okay? Um, Mark Deva, who has done an incredible work educating our Christian community on what the church is, says this. The church is not a place, it's not a building, it's not a preaching point, it's not a spiritual service provider. It's a people, the new covenant, blood-bought people of God. But the Bible has more to say about what the church is. Uh, my kids recently, um, I've got a nine-year-old, seven-year-old, and a four-year-old. A nine and seven-year-old, even a four-year-old, recently have been asking some of the hardest questions kids could ever ask their parents, okay? 
Um, really, you know, I think one of the most awkward questions, and I'm sure parents here would know, is mom, dad, or dad, mom, whatever, um, how, how, how are babies born? Or how are babies made? <laughs> Tons of questions. The other day, we were talking, I think it was New Year's Eve, and we were talking about New Year's, and they said, what is a New Year's resolution? And with our kids, if you want to explain something to them, you have to use metaphors, okay? You have to say, um, <laughs> I don't know, you know, the whole idea of how a baby's made, we kind of just were like, um, we'll talk about that later, and, you know, kind of moving on. Um, but with most of your questions, we always use metaphors, you know, like New Year's resolution is like da-da-da-da-da. It's always metaphors with them. And metaphors are used... Um, to help us understand what something is, right? And so in the same way, throughout the New Testament, several metaphors are used to describe what the church is. In the New Testament, the church is described as the bride of Christ. You've probably heard that before. It's also described as the temple of the Holy Spirit, or at times uh, um, the church is described as the body of Christ, that Jesus is the head and we are his body and um, all of that. And then also in other places, the church is described as a holy priesthood. So many metaphors the Bible uses to help us understand what the church is, but there's another metaphor the Bible uses to describe the church that many believe um, stands out above the rest, and that is family. As you read the New Testament, as you read the Gospels, the history of the church in Acts, and you know even Paul's letters, you'll notice Christians calling each other brothers and sisters. Have you noticed that? You'll also notice um, Christians referring to God as their father. For example, the Lord's Prayer begins by addressing God as who? Father. Our Father, right? Who is in heaven, holy, you know, and all of that, okay? In his letters to the churches, Paul, um, who was so prolific and wrote most of the letters to the churches, he often referred to his recipients as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so my question to you is, have you wondered why the earliest followers of Jesus called each other's brothers and sisters, even though they weren't related and came from different ethnicities? Have you also wondered why Christians often address God as Father? There's a lot of these things that we do and say that we don't really think about what we're doing and the implications of them. The reason Christians refer to each other as brothers and sisters and the, way, the reason Christians refer to God as Father um, is because we are communicating the whole idea and the whole truth that we are not just a gathering of people for an event, but we are actually a gathering of people who are brothers and sisters. And if we're brothers and sisters, that must make us family. Pastor and author Dati Lewis, he he agrees with all of this, but he also argues 
that the church being described as a family is more than a metaphor. This is what he says. The church is not like family. It is family. God is literally our father. Jesus is literally our elder brother. And we are literally brothers and sisters in Christ. Family is the primary way the early church identified themselves. And this whole idea of the church being family has to be one of the most beautiful things about the gospel. Why do I say that? Through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we're all we've all been adopted into the family of God and when we and when we are adopted into the family of God not only is God our father but we're brothers and sisters to one another this is why as a church we have chosen to identify ourselves not simply as a church we could have that's totally fine but we've chosen to make it crystal clear who we are and that is a church family I've been thinking about this intently all week, just reflecting and meditating on the whole idea that we are actually family. And it's blown my mind, okay? This is why. I want you to do something. I want you to just take a few seconds and look around, okay? Look around, not at the beautiful view, <laughs> but look around at the people um, <laughs> in this beautiful outdoor space. All right? Just have a look. If you're a Christian, the reality is this. Every Christian here is your brother or your sister in Christ. The reality is you have more in common with followers of Jesus than you have with members of your natural family who are not followers of Jesus. The reality is you also have more in common with a Christian who lives all the way in Africa than you do with someone in your political party who doesn't follow Jesus. You have more in common with a Christian who lives in maybe the slums of India or something than the people you work with who are not Jesus followers. This is the reality of what we're talking about when we say church is family. And this is one has to be one of the most staggering truths in all of scripture. Every Christian you come in contact with, okay? For for some of you who have done missions, for example, um the Christians you meet in those locations and contexts in which you go, they are your brothers and sisters. And the interesting thing about all of this, I was just thinking about this, and I was like, man, 
our relationship, our spiritual relationship, the fact that we're brothers and sisters in Christ now, this relationship will, we have will continue throughout eternity. All right? Like the idea of, yeah, I've got a little brother, my little brother, I love him and everything, and he's awesome, but in terms of when it comes to my relationship, my familial relationships with my brother, that will end one day. But my relationship with my spiritual, my Christian brothers and sisters will continue throughout eternity. And this all gets even better. Okay? If you're here and you're a Jesus follower, what this also means is this, that God is your father. The God of the universe loves you more than any father could. And I know I wish I had time to unpack this because I know there's a lot of baggage related to the idea of God being father and actually Christians being brothers and sisters and everything. But what I want to do is lay the bedrock, lay the foundation of what this all means, what scripture says. Okay, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, but we are also related to God in a way where he is our father. And so my question to you this morning is, how does this truth strike you this morning? Happy New Year, by the way, right? I wonder how this truth will now impact the way you relate to others and to God. I wonder how this will affect the way you view the church. Eleanor and I had a crazy experience at the beginning of the year where we had to leave America. We were forced to leave America. And as we were packing up and getting ready to go, one of the things that made us so sad was the fact that we were leaving not just you know the city we love, yeah, but we were being disconnected from our family, our church family. And as we reflected on our transition out of here, that's what made it so hard. And when we were there and we were meeting digitally and all of that, and it was fine to meet digitally and, you know, it's great, but we longed to be back so that we may be with our family with our church family. It's amazing how the longer um, we are Christians, the longer we are embedded in the life of a local church, the more we get to experience um, this idea of church being family. That is why we tell everyone that moves to San Diego and they're new and they're checking out our church, we always say to people, hey, welcome. It's an awesome city. And as a Christian, do all you can to get plugged into a local church family. Okay? And it doesn't have to be our church. We will help you find a church because you need family. 
It's a big idea of what we've learned this morning. The church is a family because it's not a place, but a people who are saved by Jesus and now relate to God as father and to each other as brothers and sisters. All right, should be up on the screen. Um, the church is a family, why? Because it's not a place, it's a people who are saved by Jesus and now are in this beautiful relationship with God where God is our father and we are brothers and sisters in Christ. This is why we, King's Cross Church, choose to identify ourselves not as a small business, not as a charity, not as a social justice movement, but a church family. If you're a member of our church, King's Cross is not an event you attend every Sunday. It's, it's a family, you're part of. Our Sunday gatherings are like, you know, a big family reunion, okay? Think of it that way. I know it's an imperfect metaphor, but just think of it that way, okay? If you're involved in the serve team and you, um, and you set up chairs and you um, and help with hospitality and whatever you do here in this church, you're not volunteering, okay, um, at a non-profit organization. You're serving your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're a member of King's Cross, you're a member of a church family. And so my question is, what does this all mean? What does this all look like practically? What does it mean for um, you guys and every one of us to be, um, to, to be a family together? What does this all look like practically? How does that all flesh out? I'm glad you asked, but you're going to have to wait till next week to find out because this is part one <laughs> of our series looking at our vision of us being a church family on mission with Jesus. And so that's what we're gonna do next week. We're going to flesh this out and really focus and zero in on what does this look like for, for you to relate to God as Father and to um, the people in this local congregation as your brothers and sisters. And so until then, listen to me, until then, may you rejoice in the reality that because of the person and work of Jesus Christ, God is your father and you're part of his family. Let's rejoice in this gift that he's given us. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. That through your son, Jesus Christ, through his life, through his death, through his victory over death, his resurrection. Thank you that you have made it possible not only for us to be in an amazing relationship with you, but you've also made it possible. You've provided us with family.
that will continue from now on throughout eternity where we'll be able to just love you and live for you and worship you together in eternity. God, thank you for this. And so as a church, as we begin to look at what, what, what this all means, um, God, may this foundation we've laid, may it not just be information, but may it actually begin to transform us, God. May you apply these truths to our hearts throughout the week. Show us what it actually looks like for us to be a family of believers in this city. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.